Hi guys, welcome to our first episode of Modern Seminarian, where we discuss life, theology, and hot topics in the church. We're a group of friends who met early on in seminary, and now we've been good friends for four years. We love traveling together, thrifting, exploring coffee shops, and talking about the Enneagram. And of course, the Bible and Jesus. I'm Priscilla, your host. I have a master's of theology. I'm a nine-wing one on the Enneagram. And I recently moved from California to Minnesota a couple months ago. And fun fact, I have a bunny named Aslan. Kaylin, you can go next. Awesome. Hi, guys. I'm Kaylin. Um, I am currently getting my master's in spiritual formation. Very hippie, but I love it. Um, I'm a four-wing three on the Enneagram, a little individualist over here. I currently live in Orange County. I also have a pet, and her name is Hawk, and she's a cat. So my bird cat. It's great. (laughs) And Rachel, do you want to go? Yes, I will. Thanks, Katie. All right, everyone. Hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I have a master's in theology as well, as well as a bachelor's in visual and performing arts. Um, I live in the lovely, lovely city of San Diego, Carlsbad specifically, and I am a six wing five on the Enneagram. I'm a very five-ish six, though, I would say. And I have a little bird. His name is Nali. Oh, he's a little conure. He's the cutest thing. Um, yeah, super happy to be here. Well, since Valentine's Day is coming up, we decided to have our first episode be about self-love and singleness. We'll just go straight into our first question. So first question is, how would you define self-love? Yeah, well, it's so weird because... I think there's a lot of taboos, as we've discussed, there's a lot of taboos in the church around self-love and um, it can be seen as really selfish or being self-absorbed. And it's such a movement in like modern culture nowadays that we try to like stay away from it. But I think there is some truth to like self-love in culture in the sense of like, we're all created in the image of God. And therefore we can all see a little bit of that beauty of God in us and God has given us some sort of goodness on every level, whether we're a believer or not. Um, But I think where Christian self-love comes in is um, we are fully loved and accepted by God and therefore we can fully love and accept ourselves um, in his grace. So it's learning how to do that so that we can then show that love to others as well. Love it. Um, I feel like Kaylin always says this better than I do. I mean, she's just a better definition for these. They come from of- different perspectives. Yeah, different perspectives. Offer but, things to the table. But I like <laughs> that one more than the one that I would offer up, which is because you know most people when they hear the word self love, they think of this worldly concept. Uh, you think of the unholy trinity, or at least I do. Me, myself, and I. Right? It's all about me, and I can do no wrong. I have I have no sin, basically. The, at least when I hear about it from a worldly perspective. I hear, especially women, to like women telling other women that it's not, it's not your sin that's hurting you. It's not your sin that is making your life miserable. It's that you just don't love yourself enough, right? Or you don't, you haven't accepted yourself yet, or you haven't, you know, you haven't loved yourself enough to date somebody else, or you have to love yourself first. It's, it's, it's crazy when you come at it from a worldly perspective, but from a Christian perspective, like Kaylin said, it's so, um, obviously it's so much better because self-love found in Christ is not, I guess, first of all, it's not selfish, right? It's not self-love is about recognizing who you are in the eyes of the creator, right? And then taking that 
and taking that peace and that joy that comes with that, and then being able to spread that message of Christian self-love to other people that you are dearly loved, that Jesus gave everything that he died for you and me. And he, he died for us not to whip ourselves on the back, on the back and become masochists. Right. But to encourage one another and to build one another up and to be happy, really to be joyful. That's what, that's what life I don't want to say that's what life is about, but as Christians, we are called to live life to the fullest. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love that about Christian self-love. Yeah. It's interesting as you were talking, it reminded me of the whole thing with like the goddess movement where I know that's like a thing in California, especially, and I don't know a ton about that. So I don't want to like, I don't have a ton of knowledge about that, but just that aspect of like over deifying self. And I think that's a big distinction is deification of self while like avoiding all sin and pretending like it's not there. Whereas like, like you're saying, Rachel, Christian self-love is realizing I am a sinner, but in his grace, God loves me. And therefore I can accept myself knowing that I am broken, but being transformed and renewed continually. And then living into that space of joy and having a good life and a beautiful life, no matter what the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I I've heard about the goddess movement here. I, I, I mean, I certainly see the new age movement all around me down here. Everything yeah. is, everyone's a hippie <laughs> That's down <a> big here. <laughs> yeah. You, you understand, yeah. you don't understand, but uh, I've heard of it. It's basically like you have this inner goddess and you are God and everything is God is pantheism, right? Like yeah. um, it's, it's almost like, it, it, it throughout history, there's always been this shift from like rationalism to, uh, or like, at least during the enlightenment, right. There was this, well, we don't need God. We just need logic. Right. And so they divorce, uh, what, it, who talks about this? Is it Nancy Pierce? She talks about this split between, I know what you're talking you know about. I mean? Like you see yeah. that in the enlightenment and then you sing it, see it like in just different revolutions, whenever different the revolutions. world has a revolution, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, shifting to one extreme or the other. Right, right. So like the rom- like romanticism is like yeah. everything is mystical and everything is magical and right. And they're just, they're reactions to each other, but they can't, they, they're not mutually exclusive. They can't be divorced from one another. Um, yeah. But this movement here anyways, in California, Southern California is really, it's really based in like Eastern mysticism. I, I would say like Buddhism and like reaching like- enlightenment. Yeah. It's like if the Western world took it and rebranded it, basically Mm -hmm. a rebranding of Eastern mysticism. Right. And now there's just self-worship and self, all the, all the other, you know, selfish (laughs) things that that people are obsessed about down here. But uh, it's definitely something that we have to combat as Christians, right? Is worldly self, worldly self-love. And And I think while still acknowledging that, there is some truth or some striving towards truth in the like secular self love movement. It's just not fully true and fully, which makes it not true in the end, but there is some good in striving to love yourself. It's just what means are you doing that through and where's that coming from? Mm -hmm. And are you acknowledging sin? There's a whole lot with that, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just so crazy because like, you know, these people are miserable, right? Like, even yeah. though they're, they're all day long, they're practicing self, worldly self-love. Let me say, I'm going to put the word, <laughs> put the uh, adjective worldly in front of it. Um, they're taking, uh, you know, lavender baths and there's candles and there's. Which are beautiful too. But... Which are fine. Exactly. They're not bad things in of itself, but it's like when you use it as an act of self-worship. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, and you're not worshiping the creator, you're worshiping yourself or you're worshiping the earth or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. it becomes 
um, yeah, it, it's, it becomes the opposite of, of what, of what God intended for us to, I'm sorry, it's empty is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I not only it. is it the opposite of what God wants us to do, but it's, it's completely empty and it's miserable because you can never, you know, we talk about this God-shaped hole in our hearts, right? Like you can never fill it with enough self-love. It will never be enough. You'll never be good enough, right? Like Ali Bestucky says. <laughs> I love the word you use there, self-worship. And I think that's really what it boils down to, self-worship versus self-love and acceptance. Because if you were truly having self-love and acceptance, you would be yeah. clothing it in Christ right there. Yeah. So. I mean, it's idolatry, right? Like it's yeah. nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. It's all in a way. Yeah. I mean, whatever you worship that is not, that is not God is, is, well, you know, it's of the, it's of the devil. It comes from your, our own darkened hearts. It's even, it's like, you can have the best intentions. I, like, I do believe that. I think that these people are searching for God unknowing, like unknowingly, yeah. they don't know that they're looking for God. They don't know that they're looking for the love of Christ and, and his acceptance of them. They're, they're looking, they're looking in the wrong places. And, and those are the people that, that we can steer back to Christ because they just haven't been steered in the right direction. And I think there's so much hurt with systems in the church and hurt that has happened that has caused like not wanting to go the stereotypical path of like, oh, religion. I wonder if like self-love or self-worship is related to like rising cases of mental illnesses too, because there's like a standard for self-love and everyone's like, oh, self-love is like so great. And like, what about those people who don't feel self-love and they're trying to reach that ideal state of self-love, if that makes sense. And so it feels like because it's so, it feels so hopeless to reach that state, they kind of just like crumble Mm -hmm. or that could be something, but I'm not hundred percent sure if it's super related. I 100% think that's related. I mean, that you see that all over social media, I think, really is. I mean, right now it's that girl on TikTok and Instagram of trying to be the girl with like the perfect morning routine and has like the whole perfect schedule set up and perfect self care routine so that you're perfectly celebrating yourself at all times. And that's just not realistic and it's ignoring so much of real life right there and what reality looks like. So I think having that as like a standard to try to meet like will make you feel worse about yourself trying to like meet that set standard that social media tries to push so much and then there's anti-movements against it which weirdly enough goes into many versions of what you were talking about earlier earlier Rachel with like the way the world goes oh we'll go full force one way then full force the other way we follow these people and they're carefully curated lives right but that's the thing it's curated it's it's I mean, it can be art. I think there's definitely a place for that. And I, Caitlin, I think you do a really good job at like merging art and Christianity in in a really um, like relatable way to a lot of young millennial Christian women. But like for the most part, social media is, it's all fake. I mean, it's reality TV, right? It's not really reality. (laughs) Um, And it makes people miserable. It makes me miserable to to follow people's lives that are just, they're, they're selling and they play it well they play into this culture of self-love right they're selling what self-love is love is supposed to look like but it's just it's like advertisements right that used to advertise coca-cola with beautiful skinny women standing there and they would say if you drink this coca-cola you'll look like these women <laughs> and it didn't take long for people to figure out that that's not 
that that's false advertising, right? Mm-hmm. And anyway, I think self love kind of goes against a little bit of the idea of like loving each other too, mm-hmm. and like kind of being averse to like maybe someone else loving you, like God loving you, and um, yeah, instead of like saying. Because self-love sounds very, it's kind of lonely in a sense where it's like, I have to love myself before everything because nobody can, you know, fulfill that aspect of my heart or at least maybe for non-Christians. But I guess as Christians, there is like, there's a love from God where that you accept. and, And I guess that's going back to what you both were talking about of like, that's where we are able to love ourselves through the love of God. Um, but I think these days, a lot of people are having a hard time, like loving each other Mm. and, um, just focusing too much on self-love can be harmful. Like you said, Kaylin. I agree. I would say specifically with self-worship for that one too, of just that like idolization of self, I think is what you're talking about too. Totally agree with what you said though, of just, when you prioritize only yourself and deify only yourself over others, then that's a really lonely place to be in your own little corner, isolated, just loving yourself. So I guess that kind of leads to the next question of like, what are some tangible steps for people who love tangible things um, for people who have a hard time maybe doing self-love? I have, I've, <laughs> I always have these like initial thoughts and I like go to go off of it. Like my first reaction is I would put myself in the, group of people that struggle with the self-love aspect I'm so curious to hear what Kaylin is going to say here but um tangible steps for people who have a hard time doing self-love because I will just uh if there's a if there's a task to be completed that's like weighing heavily on my mind you know I struggle with anxiety probably more than the average person but like if there, if it's contributing to that in any way even if it's something I've probably created I probably create all my anxiety in my mind <laughs> I'll just say that but I won't let leave any time for that. I won't leave any time for doing the things that I need to do in order to rest. I'm going to use the word rest, rest in the Lord and rest in his promises. And yeah, and maybe, I mean, again, it's a whole other topic. We're just talking about rest. It's what does it mean to rest? It's like, God, God is big on rest, right? On the seventh day, he rested. He wants us to rest from our work. Um, when we die, when we get to go be with Christ, we get to enter into his rest, right? Like eternally rest, resting. It's not that work is bad in any way, but it's that it's distorted. We have these distorted ideas of work. But anyways, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but when we're talking about Christian self-love, the first thing I want to, we want to talk about is just getting into the word and tangibly sitting down, whatever that might look like for you is whether it's reading in the Psalms or the Proverbs, or even for me, that's last week, I read the revelation and saying a little bit weird, it's fire and brimstone, but you know, it's still God's word. It's it still brings me immense peace and comfort to know that at the end of the day, even when all of the blood is shed and, and Satan is, is, is thrown into the lake of fire for all of eternity, like God is, God is still in control at the end. God, God wins at the end and we win. We get to enter into an eternal kingdom when there is nothing but rest and comfort and, and, and love Christian love. Right. I want to say more than that, but I mean, for me right now, it's just getting into the word. I mean, I, but you know, again, I kind of want Kaylin to talk about this because I want to see what other ideas she has, like whether that is just putting on a candle and reading the Bible or listening to like, I don't know, Christian music. 
uh, what is, I recently discovered something called Christian lo-fi, which I didn't know was a thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> How Christian does that lo-fi? work though? Because it's all like, most of it isn't even lyrics. So is it just like prayed over lo-fi music? It's like, it's like every, it's, it's the same kind of do, 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 do thing. And then yeah. there's like a little like snippet here and there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyways, sorry. That's my jumbled answer. I love yeah. that. No, I think that's great there, Rachel. Like, it's weird that you said Revelation. Like, for me, I realized it's been Job lately has been my happy resting spot. And I'm just like, oh, yay. Finding company in someone who has dealt with a lot, I would say. And um, obviously, I've not dealt with the extremes that Job has. But just finding company, I guess, in someone who, um, in just God's words and how he worked through Job's life and how he was present in Job's life, even though so much was going down. So I think that's obviously a beautiful, beautiful thing is to find rest in the Bible. I also love that word rest. I think that's so important to just ground ourselves in the Lord and rest in him. Um, And easier said than done. It can be so hard to still ourselves to just rest in the Lord. I would say practical self-love in like a Christian perspective comes from acceptance of like where you're at right now and then acceptance of how beloved you got you are in God's presence and in God's eyes in wherever you're at right now. So for example, on a very practical level, um, I had a ton of TMJ headaches this week. So normally I'm like, oh, do yoga, do the morning routine get going, um, have my list, go see sunrise, all that sort of stuff. But this week, my body was just not having it. And I wasn't feeling great, just about different circumstances in life. So literally, that meant how do I reconnect with my body and my mind and my soul as fully accepted and loved by God in this moment with my current capabilities, like, even if it's the bare minimum. So for me, that was doing a 10 minute stretching thing in bed, right when I woke up, just doing a quick stretch. Um, I would say like weirdly saying the Lord's prayer before I go to bed is a big thing too. And reminding myself that God rejoices that we even show up or come or think of him. That's like, oh my gosh, my kid is coming to see me. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we keep that mindset and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak that to us, then that's such, even just that is such a good grounding reminder of self-love that we are loved by God and we can love ourselves in that love. Eating healthy is another thing, very basic right there, but like if your gut is healthy, your mind is healthy, your hormones are healthier and your whole mental health just feels healthier. So having those fruits and veggies and reminding yourself that like they come from the creator and that God is providing, I'd say are really big things with that. And then getting out in nature when you have the capability to, even if that's just stepping out on your balcony or outside for a few seconds, like getting a hit of fresh air. Like, I think we are created to be outside more than we are, like just the way our bodies are designed. Um, So I think it's so important to just like even step outside your door for a few seconds and just get some fresh air. So those are just practical, bare minimum steps. Um, if you can get outside in a different level, it's really beautiful to meditate on the creator and his creation outside. And just, it's a great reminder of how big God is and how much he cares for us to give us this beautiful world to play in. 
See, I feel like those were better answers than mine. I <laughs> no, <didn't. laughs> those are great. I'm like They're complimentary answers. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. I love what you said about even just nourishing the body that you gave you, like without it turning into again another like weird, you know, body worshiping thing. It's like if our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we can definitely talk about temple imagery, like exercises of some value, eating well, it's of, it is of some value. But yeah, I mean, nourishing the temple where God literally resides, like the Holy Spirit literally mm-hmm. resides within us in our bodies in our temple. I think we've talked about this before. I'm sure we have at some point, but like Probably. how eating junk food, <laughs> it's not like junk food is a sin, right? But like oh. intentionally, um, knowingly, you know, eating the wrong thing just because it feels good, right? And rather than trying to keep your energy up so that you can worship the Lord and do the work that you need to do every single day to walk into his good works that he has planned for you. It's like, it's actually really important. And we don't talk about that. Like yeah. we, I actually see, and this is just an America thing. Probably. I mean, it's a first world <laughs> thing. It's a Western thing, right? Every, uh, there's yeah. lots of, you know, people that are overweight and, and nothing against them as human beings, obviously. Like I, you know, I know the struggle. I love chocolate lava cakes, man. I can't even tell you how much I've been craving a chocolate lava cake lately, but um, so good. <laughs> doesn't it really? Yeah. <laughs> but, and again, it's not like, that's a bad thing every now and again, but like, Christians don't talk about this kind of thing because it makes people feel uncomfortable. Oh, well, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to criticize somebody's weight. I'm not saying we do, but we also have to recognize that gluttony can be a sin. Any, any overindulgence to the detriment of the temple is not good. (laughs) It can be sinful. It's like, even the last couple of days I've been struggling with like, okay, in some, in some ways, I think anxiety can be a sin fear. Like it's, it's, it's one thing to struggle between, for me, the head and the heart connection, right? It's like, I, I know what God's promises are. And I know when God says, don't be anxious, like, I understand that. And I believe that, but it's another thing to take it to heart, right? Like, how do I physically make my body follow along with what my mind knows? It's like, I'm, I'm still working on that. But yeah, when I know something and I sit there and I intentionally go, okay, I'm all on my own. God's not going to take care of me. I have to do everything in my own power. That's simple, Right. Like when I sit there, I know it when I'm sitting there and thinking it like, but it's when I, when it's when I, again, it's when I rest in him that I know that I know it's going to be okay. Anyways, I, that was, a yeah. Tangent, but yeah. no, I do want to add to that too. I think that's a very interesting point to bring up because I think that goes into over glorification of self again and, or over glorifying food or relationship with food or the body in a weird way that, um, I mean, it can be in gluttony, it can be in the opposite and eating disorders, both are very sensitive topics. So won't go too much into that, but, um, it is in a sense, harming the body in a point where either can lead to like hospitalization or issues. Um, and that's not good. What I will say though, is, um, one thing we talk about in spiritual formation is opening, up our capacities to the Lord. So each emotion, each thing that comes up in our heart to the Lord. So breaking mm-hmm. open our hearts, uh, our capacity. So thinking of anger or anxiety, um, love, all those emotions can be good things. They can be used for good and for beauty in the kingdom. Um, desire is another one that can be used for good. But because we work out of the flesh most of the time and our natural tendency as humans is to work out of selfish ambition, those aren't always turned for good. So it's 
an act of seeing how can we break this open to the Holy Spirit just while doing the dishes or going about our daily life and allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and be like, Lord, I don't know how to do this on my own. Please do this with me and allowing him to transform that in us. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, it's a sin, it's sin, you know, <laughs> I love that. It's like, it's it like, is a sin, but grace and breaking open still, is exactly, the way the sin that's the way yeah. the Lord deals with sin. It's in this beautiful act of yeah. like loving on you in that place of vulnerability. It's not like, ah, oh, you're dead. Yeah. It's like, let me be with you in your sins. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add one note to that question. Um, and then we can move on to singleness. But I guess for me, because I, these days, as you guys know, I've had, I'm having a really hard time loving myself loving anything in general and um I guess a practical step for me as we're talking like is to surround myself with community is like one huge step like when you guys um when we're affirming each other that really um, reminds me of God's love too um for me and having like a person say that to me because yeah I can read the bible and it's sometimes hard to read the bible um, especially when you're like pretty depressed Um, but having like tangible words being spoken to me saying like oh Priscilla like you're doing well or like or I love you is it just reminds me of God and so that's a step for me I'm like telling myself this too as I say it is like to surround myself with people with community, with people who love God, who can encourage me in that aspect. Yeah, I think that's like a huge step. And of course, I think nature is a huge step too for me personally. When I'm having a hard time, I think having people who can like reach out a hand and like, or a a word of affirmation can really bring some kind of light in dark spaces. We do love you, Priscilla, and I love that comment. (laughs) We do love you. Uh, um, yes, uh, without uh, any, no boundaries, we love you yes. very, very much. Absolutely. To be continued, I guess. I do love what you said, though, real fast, just about being connected with the church. That is such a big thing because the church does extend to like us meeting right now. That's the church and stuff. It's abiding with other believers um, is such a big part of self-love. So, and participating in the church as a broader word. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Modern Seminarian. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on self-love and picked up some practical tips and thoughts of your own. We would love to continue this conversation on social media. You can find our Instagram handles in the description. And we hope you tune in tomorrow, February 12th, for a discussion on singleness in the church. We hope your day is full of love, life, and growing closer to the Lord and others.